0: You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center. Contact center. The number 100. It's a big deal. It's a significant number. I mean, right from your earliest memories, when you got 100 on a test, that's the one that ended up on the refrigerator. 100 pennies makes a dollar. A century, 100 years. If you get to live to be 100, big deal. Get on television, get your picture on TV. I I think NBC still does that in the morning. You know, when you got a a temperature of 99 degrees, I mean, you were concerned, but, but not really. But when your temperature hit 100, Big, big deal. Something you had to watch out for. In sports, 100-yard dash decides who is the fastest person in the world. 100-mile-per-hour fastball gets you a major league contract. 100 points in a game, blowout. If you're capable of doing 100 push-ups or 100 sit-ups, big deal. And of course there's going 100 miles per hour in your car. Not that I've ever done it or you've ever done it, but most people have tried it one time or another and it's a big deal. You know what else is a big deal when you hit 100? 100 podcasts. And yes, I'm here to tell you today that this is my 100th podcast. So thank you. I wouldn't have done 100 if you weren't listening. As much as I like being a loud, obnoxious voice in the wilderness, if you weren't listening, I wouldn't be doing them. So I'm very, very grateful that you've listened. Very grateful for your feedback. Very encouraged by the fact that people care in the contact center industry. So if I'm on 100, what do I talk about? Well, I've done 99, so I've talked about a lot of different things, and hopefully you've heard some of them, and if you haven't, go back and listen. I'll send notes out to people, and I'll share, hey, listen, why don't you listen to this podcast? And I can always say, listen, if you hate that one, there's 98 others. Well, after today, if you hate this one, listen, there are 99 other ones that you can listen to. But today, I'm going to talk to something, because I talk about something that I think is really, really important and significant and credible enough to be the 100th podcast. And that's what I want to share with you that I have a sense of urgency in the contact center because despite 99 podcasts, despite being in it for in this business for way too many years, I just get the sense that things aren't really changing fast enough. They aren't really getting better fast enough. We aren't really making that much of a difference yet fast enough. Are you Is your center changing? Is your center better? Are your centers better? Well, that sense of urgency means that there are things that you need in your center in order to be successful. So what I want to share with you today in my 100th podcast is five critical needs that you have that are urgent for you to have them in your center. The first thing I'm gonna tell you is none of them are technology and I'm in the technology business. I provide technology. Technology helps you do these things, but you have to do them. You have to commit to doing them first because technology is not gonna help you if you're not committed to actually doing them. So five critical needs that are urgent for you to have in your center. So sometimes many of you will say, well, you know what, if you're thinking I'm not in charge, right? I probably don't need to hear the five critical things because I have no influence. I can't do anything about it. Well, someday you might. Someday you will have that. And if you're in charge and you're watching this, how would you grade yourself on these? What sort of a score would you give you? So as I'm going through these, I'm looking for you to measure them on a scale of one to five. One to five is something you're proud of something that gives you a competitive advantage, some one of these that outdoes your competition. These five urgent needs should be getting you a promotion and a raise because you're doing them so well. If you're doing these five things, your numbers are moving. Another way to measure whether you're doing these things in your center and whether they're being noticed is, are you getting poached? Are people trying to recruit you? Are you being chased? Are you being sought after? Are you the kind of person that other people are trying to steal out of your center to go to theirs? If you're someone on the way up, listen, I'd like to get poached. I'd like to be wanted. I'd like to get a promotion. I'd like to get a raise. If you're a leader of a center, if you're a leader of a BPO, do you have people in your organization that are doing so well at these five that people are trying to steal them from you. If people aren't trying to steal your people, maybe they're not as successful as they could be. Maybe you're not as successful as you can be. So let's get to it. Let's look at five things that are urgently needed in every contact center. Number one, supervisors and team leads that can really coach, really connect, and really engage. Scale of one to five, where do you fit? How wonderful and spectacular are your supervisors and team leads? Because they change everything. They change everything because they're the ones that are responsible for your single largest expense, which is your people. Your people don't come in knowing what to do. Yes, you train them. Yes, they get on the phone. Yes, they get experience. But your frontline team leads and supervisors are the ones that teach and coach And upgrade these folks. They're the ones that move the needle. They're the ones that you spend the most money to spend the most time. They're the ones that watch these frontline employees. They're the ones that gather the data and decide what it is they need to be coached on. They're the ones that then turn around and coach them and follow up with them. They're the ones that encourage them. They're the ones that connect them with your company, they connect them with your customers, they connect them with their peers, and obviously they get connected to you. And they're the people that engage them. They're the ones that measure their effort. They're the ones that keep track of whether they're getting better, whether they're getting worse, whether they're staying connected, whether they're going to be with you after you make them spectacular. Are your frontline leaders getting hired away? Do people really desperately want them to get poached crazy? If they are, then you've got something going on. And you say, well, well, maybe I don't want them to be that good. Yes, you do. You want them to be that good. Because you know as well as I do that a contact center is a math problem. And your ability to fix one representative at a time to change their H T, to change their adherence, to change their attendance, to change their CSAT scores, you need to fix them one at a time a minute here, 30 seconds there, whether you've got 100 people or 500 people or 50,000 people, it makes a difference. And it starts with the people that are on the front line. You urgently need supervisors and team leads that can coach, that can connect, and can engage. On a scale of one to five, what'd you give yourself? If you haven't taken out a pen and a piece of paper yet, do it, mark it down. You urgently need to have those type of leaders for the front line. Next up is customer feedback that your reps see every day. I did a seminar recently and I was speaking to people and I asked the question, how many people, how many of your frontline reps see their customer feedback every day? And 85% of the people said that they didn't see it. They, They all had it. Everybody had it, but they didn't see it every day. And I thought to myself, are you crazy do not understand the value of customer feedback and customer words and customer feedback changes behavior? Let your customers talk. I know the latest thing right now is, is is AI, or you listen, we're only getting feedback from, from 10 or 20 or 30 customers a month, but there's so much more data that we can analyze. Yes, analyze it all. Gather as much data as you possibly can, but don't ever stop that information from flowing to your front line directly from your customers. Nothing will change their behavior faster. Nothing will encourage them more. There's no better assistant that you can have with coaching your front line than your customers. They make all the difference in the world. They're probably the single best encouragement that you have. And if you're an organization that's, that's doing the minimum when it comes to feedback, maybe you're just doing an IVR and you're just asking one question or you, you've stopped and you're not gathering any sort of customer words, customer words change behavior. I've done a podcast on, on really the pantheon of customer feedback. Do you have this pantheon in place? Is this something you even measure? When a customer says, I can hear the smile in their voice, wow. When they say, hire more Sally's, clone more Sally's, give Sally a raise. That's the pantheon of feedback that you can get from your customers. When you can get a frontline rep to get all of those in the span of a year a huge deal and something that you should be celebrating. Your ability to get your customers feedback to them every day will change the culture of your organization because it allows you to be the one thing that you say you want to be, which is customer driven, but you can't be customer driven if you don't have the feedback and you're not getting it to them every day and giving them the opportunity to be able to look at that feedback and listen to it. Your customers need to be an integral part of your culture and your front lines ability to be able to get that data every day. And they should be able to get a lot of that data. We have clients that get 40, 50, 60 bits of feedback from customers every month. It's so much more than you can get in quality monitoring and in many ways, so much more valuable. Somebody tells you you're done something wrong. Maybe you listen. Two people tell you, well, maybe that's a trend. Three people tell you, I probably have an issue in this particular area. You wanna to talk to your frontline about an area that you really want them to work on and you're trying to get their buy-in? Just look for that customer data that tells them the same thing and it will dramatically change what happens with your frontline. It's the single best way to change the behavior of your frontline employees, which is customer feedback every day. This is really simple on a scale of one to five, are your employees capable of getting feedback from your customers in quantity, not just a little bit, but in quantity every day? Go ahead and grade yourself. Where do you stand on that? You urgently need your customers to be active in your employees' feedback every day. Third up is you need to be in the business of finding somebody doing something right. Yeah, I know this is one of those ones. How do I really grade it? I, I find a lot of people doing something right. Nope, I'm looking for a culture that's in the business of finding somebody doing something right. How many things did you find somebody doing right today? Go ahead and add it up. I don't know whether you got 100, 500 people. You, know, you should know the number. How many different ways did you find somebody doing something right today? And this is especially true if you've got remote folks. You know, we're so crazy about trying to reduce the amount of time that we keep our front line from being distracted from doing what they most importantly need to do, which is to be on the phone. Well, let me tell you, your frontline supervisors and your team leads, your organization should be in the business first and foremost of trying to find your frontline doing something right. Because that's what makes the difference in changing your culture and motivation and reducing your turnover is an organization that's looking for something positive that's going on. Contact centers are a lot like golf. There's a lot of bad things that can happen when you do a golf swing a lot of bad things that can happen. But if you don't focus on the good things, if you don't remember the great shot, if you don't remember the perfect contact, if you don't remember the farthest distance, you don't remember the longest putt, you don't remember the truest chip that you made or the best shot that you had out of the sand, 100 or 110 score can depress you and keep you from coming back and playing again. But when you remember that great shot, that great score that you got, the one birdie that you did, the miracle shot that you hit, out of the trap, or over the water. Those are the things that bring you back. Positive experiences in the contact center, those little things, those little positive moments are what keeps people coming back and keeps people performing really well. It's, It's not the potluck dinners. It's not the Halloween contests. It's not the fun committees. It's the accomplishments that adds up to the results. Those are those positive moments those, those finding somebody doing something right, even when they're not doing very well. One of my very earliest podcasts talks about roses, daisies, and weeds, and those are the three types of people that you have in your center. Even a weed has positive success. If your target for CSAT is a 4.7, and you've got an employee that's at a 3.8, if you never acknowledge them going from a 3.8 to a 4.7, they're never going to get there. You've got to celebrate that 4.1. And then the movement on to the 4.3 and the 4.5 and working their way up. That's finding somebody doing something right in your center. It's a culture that you have to have. It's something that you can't live without. And it's something that you ought to be counting. We go out of our way to make sure that we count out every time a supervisor gives a shout out or there's a word of encouragement or there's a note or they've done something really well or they've passed some sort of a milestone or they've hit some sort of a legacy achievement. Those individual places where you can find somebody doing something right change the environment. You can't live without an organization in a contact center that's not finding somebody doing something right. I don't care how bad your wait time is. I don't care how high your turnover is. You can't make it. You won't ultimately be as successful as you can be without having an environment and a practice of finding somebody doing something right. Next up, it's really a twofer. I guess this should really be six, but I'm gonna keep it at five by taking number four and breaking it up into two columns. Number one is a commitment to excellence. And the second one is a commitment to learning. So commitment to excellence and learning, which basically means doing the right thing. You need to pursue excellence in your center. On a scale of one to five, how focused are you, are, pu- are you on pursuing excellence? Let me give you some attributes of a contact center that's pursuing excellence. First off, you're crazy about time, about workforce ma- management and, and adherence. You run to meetings. You have meetings that start at 10.03 and end at 10.17 because you have to be maniacal about being on time. Because you're committed to making sure that you've built a culture that gets people there on time, which means you've got a really, really strong workforce management. Don't have a workforce management tool? You need one. You can't be maniacal about time without a workforce management tool. Pursuit of excellence means we're doing the right things, which means you have a strong QM program. And I don't care whether you're, you're marking the scores yourself or whether you've gone on to provide some sort of AI that allows you to do every single transaction. You're serious about Pursuing excellence and your QM program is important, but it's not only important, but it's also connected to the front line, which means not only do we tell them how how poorly they did or what they did wrong, but we make sure that we sandwich that with things that they did right. And then we make sure that we provide them the training and the coaching in order to be able to make sure that those changes occur. And we can't do the training and coaching if we're telling the reps they need to work on something and our frontline supervisors don't actually know how to coach in that particular area, which means, yes, we need to coach them as well to make sure that they're prepared to be able to give the kind of maximized usage of your one-on-ones or their discussions that they have with their frontline, whether it be impromptu or whether it be scheduled. We also have to have, as a pursuit of excellence, the right balance of self-service, whether that's IVR or bots or whatever the combination is. You have to pursue excellence. I'm expecting that if you're listening to this, you're serious about a contact center and you've done that. You've got a a, a finely tuned IVR. You're consistently looking for areas where you can offload to self-service, whether it be to the web or whether it be a bot, but you're constantly and consistently looking for this. Well, That's making sure that you're pursuing excellence. But you're also pursuing excellence in the way that you measure things. You're pursuing excellence in the way that you coach. You're pursuing excellence in the way that you encourage. You're pursuing excellence in the kind of environment that you create. It it runs across the board. The second thing you got a commitment to is pursuit of excellence, but also learning. We have to make sure that we have a constant learning of skills and information. It never stops. You want to change your AHT? It comes from skills and learning. If you have a contact center where learning stops or training stops after they leave the new hire class, then you need to give yourself a pretty low score in this area because there has to be consistent, never ending learning throughout the employee journey. Your every day in the contact center ought to look a lot like a new hire class. No, they can't be on the, they can't be training all day long, but training never stops. Quizzing them never stops. Coaching them followed up by training, coaching them followed up by coaching tips, it never stops. You have to have a commitment to learning. What's your commitment to learning like? How far throughout the employee's journey does learning stay intact? What about the tools that you use for learning? Is it simple and easy to get folks to be able to learn? If you don't have it throughout, you're not committed to it. And one of the best ways to measure that is, and one of the simplest ways to see whether you've got a commitment to excellence is, the last time that queues backed up, did you cancel one-on-one coaching? Did you cancel a, a, a training module that they were supposed to look at for a minute or two? Did you cut back on their break times? If you did any of those things, you don't have a commitment to excellence. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've heard people say that they cancel one-on-one coaching because the queues are building up. And they don't sometimes cancel them for that week. Sometimes they cancel them for the month. Some people haven't had one in a really long time because they just don't have enough people and their queues are too high. That's not a commitment to excellence. That's not going to allow you to change and be successful. So fourth up, a commitment to excellence and a commitment to learning. And number five of the urgent things that you need is the ability to be able to hire people that can succeed in your culture. Go ahead, give yourself a grade. How great are you at hiring people that can succeed in your culture? Easiest way to measure that is how well are you keeping them? Because if you're not keeping them, you're probably not very good at hiring them. So how good's your plan on hiring them and finding the right people? If you've got a high turnover, you've probably been doing this for a really long time. Does it work? Or do you keep hiring people that keep leaving? Well, if they're leaving, the question is why are they leaving? Are they leaving because you've not hired the right people? The answer to that is probably yes, because even if you have an awful environment, you need to hire the kind of people that have the kind of personality that can work and thrive in an awful environment. Want to know who they are? They're the people that have stuck around. You know, hiring people is a lot like a fraternal or sorority rush, because you're trying to bring people in that are going to succeed and be successful in your organization. In order to do that, you have to have a pretty good plan of who the people are that are working really well, the people that succeed. Want two ideas really simply? Let your employees hire the people that are gonna be working next to them, whether that be working next to them or working in another town, but next to them in a remote fashion. Let your employees be involved in who gets hired. They'll tell you whether they're gonna work or not. The second idea is probably the best one, which is use the people that train your frontline to be the ones that hire. Find me a trainer that can't tell you who's going to make it by the end of the first day. And when you do that, when they do that, they're probably really good at it because they can figure out who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. And of course, obviously, they get a little experience with them, which you don't get in hiring. But the people that are hiring, the people that train them, put them in the hiring classes, put them in the hiring interviews, have them teach once a month, the people that are hiring, Rotate them through being a trainer into hiring back into training. It will give them some responsibility to make sure that they're helping to mold what you're looking for when you're hiring. And of course, if you want to really be be really great at hiring, you need to have an organization that's really successful in holding on and keeping people. You already know that. But if this isn't the most urgent thing that you've got on your list, it ought to be. You know... Sometimes we have a tendency in a contact center to want to survive rather than thrive. We just want to get by the day. We come in and we hope that everybody shows up, that our IVR, our bots work, so we can make it through the day. We know how important it is to have the start of a great day because we know once we fall behind, we can never catch up. Are you an organization that's already set up to fail, to fall behind? Do you work in a contact center? Do you lead a contact center? Do you have input into your contact center that's always behind, that doesn't seem to ever be able to catch up? Yet you go in and you, you survive every day to, to live another day. Well, the reason is probably because you don't have these five things knocked. You don't have supervisors and team leads that can really coach, connect, and engage. You don't have customer feedback that your reps see every day you don't have a practice and a culture of finding somebody doing something right. You don't have a commitment to excellence and learning, and you're not hiring people that can succeed in your culture. I don't know what your score was after you've written down and, and marked those out on a scale of one to five. I mean, maybe you, maybe you killed it. Maybe you scored yourself really high and you don't have any problems. And if you don't, please send me a note because if you don't have any problems, you'll be the first person on planet Earth that I've seen that works in a contact center that doesn't have any doesn't have any problems. But if you scored your scalp correctly and you're doing really well in three out of five or maybe even four out of five, that's not good enough. You need to hit the mark on all five of these. If you're going to put the time, you're going to put the effort in. If this is your career, be great at it. Be great. Have an amazing contact center. And I don't know how responsible you are or what capacity or capability you have to make change but I don't know, I saw it in a movie somewhere. Be the change. Be the change in your area. Make a difference where you are. You know, it'll be the hundredth time that I've said it, which is you can be a great leader. I'm supremely convinced of that. It just takes a lot of hard work and focus. I've encouraged you to bring along a mentor, find someone that can help you, find someone that can pour into you, that can breathe into you and help you be more successful. And if you're already have some lanes or many lanes where you get it, pay it back. Find somebody else that you can be a mentor for yourself. You can make a difference in this industry. The industry needs help. It needs more people like you that'll that'll step up, step in, and deliver a great contact center for your company, for the person that you work for, and maybe most important for the people that work for you. It's been great to talk to you this week. It's been great to provide you with a hundred podcasts. It'd be great to provide you with a hundred more. I could use some subjects. If you've got some, let me know. Send me a note. Tell me there's an area you'd like me to work on, and I'll follow up with a podcast on just that. Great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next. Bye-bye now you are being forwarded to the contact center page.